welcome to the Coco and Jojo Show. I'm Corey. And I'm Samantha. And we're, we're the Coco, Coco and Jojo. Jojo. Alright, so... So my honeymoon, or my, yeah, honeymoon, <laughs> my anniversary gift finally came in and I've been telling you it has somewhat to do with the podcast. Oh, did, yeah. did you guess it? No. Do you no, want to tell really. the people what it is? Yes. So it actually turned out so good. So we decided to do the traditional anniversary gifts. And this was our one year anniversary, wedding anniversary. So the first year anniversary is paper. And um, Corey created and ordered a movie poster. Um, Starring us. Starring us, yeah. So tell us what you put in it. So it has on the poster a picture of us, like in a beach romantic theme. It looks like it's looks like a romance movie. It doesn't even look yeah. like a rom com. It's a straight romance yeah. movie, and it's titled One Year of Love, and it's got our anniversary on there, just for a keepsake. But then on the bottom, it has um, like who was the film company. Who was the cast, which was our uh, bridesmaids and groomsmen. Yeah. Groomsmen. And um, then, like, it had, like, the score, the music, and I just put everyone because we did something fun for our wedding where we let everyone uh, type into our playlist what songs they would want to yeah. hear. So, yeah. yeah. And it came out good. It looks legit. It looks like a real movie poster. Yeah, it looks really cute. I was definitely impressed. Um not a typical gift from Corey, I'd say. <laughs> but a, a sometimes good one my well gifts done. aren't as thoughtful as Samantha would like them to be. Sometimes they're a little last minute, like the morning of, <laughs> which I know a few guys that are like that, anyways. So. Shouts out to Mr. Stefan Saxby. <laughs> Shout out to Stefan Saxby. Yeah, that's my brother. So. That's very typical, Stefan. Morning of any party or holiday, if Christmas um, stores were open on Christmas Day, he'd be out shopping. Mm-hmm. So that's all right. <laughs> Anyways, enough bashing, Stefan. <laughs> we love you, Steph. Um, so we also started decorating our house. Yeah. Uh, this weekend. You said you were sick of it not looking like a home. We've been here for two months and just started hanging stuff on the wall. So go us. Woohoo. Probably um, a little bit of the cart before the horse because we haven't painted any walls. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think there's a lot that I want to do. Not that it need. I mean, our house doesn't need any work done. But, you know, just to make it yours, you kind of want to do some stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's okay. We're going to start with just hanging some stuff on the walls, decorating for fall, which is really why I'm hanging stuff up, because I want to decorate for fall. Because pumpkin, everything is mine. And here in South Carolina, today was like the first almost fall-like day. Yeah. In the morning, all the way until about like 3 o'clock, it was probably in the mid to high 70s, and then definitely shot into the 80s. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. And then tonight, it has definitely cooled off dramatically. It's probably still only like 70, but from what it has been, it feels cool. I think I saw it was a low of 59 tonight. Oh, I'll sleep Shocking, great. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's going to be 80s for the rest of the next week and a half or so. 
and maybe fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else? Yep, so it's um, holiday weekend, and we're just chilling at home, cleaning, and hanging out with the kids. Watching our new show that we got into. We don't do show reviews, but we uh, started the show called... uh, In the Dark. In the Dark, yeah. On Netflix. Or, well, originally aired on CW, but two seasons are currently on Netflix. And um, Corey just kind of started playing it when I wasn't paying attention, but I'm definitely hooked. Samantha likes murder mysteries, so I tried to find something that she would like, but also I tend to like heavy dramas and stuff that's a little bit darker. So it's a mix of both of those things, so it's turning out into a good pick. Yeah. And we're enjoying it. I'm interested to see how they're going to take it to a second season because we assume by the end of the first season you kind of figure out what happened to the friend that's missing. Um, I I don't know how you draw something like that out more than one season. That's well, always even, the issue with these types of shows. Definitely. And it's too bad because I actually think you could just make a show um, about her character. Like, it's a very good character. Yeah. Like, I love her character. And it, there's so many different... Pieces to There's it. There's a lot of development to her character yeah. that you could build with. Yeah, I agree. Well, I guess maybe they could just show her on her next adventure. You know, it's it actually, it's called In the Dark, so it really is about her, and this just could be what she's doing this season, maybe next season. The, the character referring to is a blind, a young blind woman named yeah. Murphy, who befriends a drug dealer who saved her life as she was being robbed and beaten pretty badly. He was able to ward off the the robber, and um, so she befriended him. She thinks she comes across his body in the alley. We don't know if it is or not, and that's, I guess, kind of how the story takes off from there. Yeah, and she's blind, obviously, so she has a lot of obstacles she has to overcome, and her trying to figure out the case without being able to see anything is kind of Mm -hmm. crazy, and relying on other people. But I will say a major part, that seems to make it get her way is she's a beautiful blind woman. Yeah. So she gets her way a lot, which is a well. She odd... thinks that she does, but she doesn't have the best personality. She's a little right. rough around the edges. Yeah. So she tries to play off her like sweet, innocent, being blind, but she's a little rough about it. So it doesn't always work in her favor. She um, she's also adopted, so she's an only child, and she definitely has. They do a good job of giving her like kind of that typical egocentric. Yeah personality she doesn't really care about other people that much so it could um also have to do with the fact that she well i can't remember what her story was with being blind it was when she was like in her teens right yeah she had a disease a a generative disease or whatever so she like was slowly losing her sight as she was getting older it's the storyline and fully lost her sight by 14 i was just gonna say maybe having like that you know Dealing with that disease and having people kind of, not wait on you, but always there, like, trying to help you out and treat you a little bit differently. Like, that could be why she's so rough, mm-hmm. too. And has that egocentric And they're doing a good job. The reason I say this could go so many ways. One of the reasons is uh, because she is so beautiful, like, there's a lot of uh, different men that are attracted oh, to yeah. her throughout the series. So, like, the love... The love story does have you guessing. You aren't sure if this guy is going to be the guy, if he'll be permanent, if this guy who likes her is going to come through. Basically, all these guys like her, and she just 
she's they're a, disposable to her. She has no right. interest in anything but herself. And <laughs> That's definitely her character. She's all yeah. about her, except for her friend Tyson, which is like odd, but also like the main. Well, and that other young girl too that she helps out, the cop's daughter. Yeah, they have the she connection because they're both them. black. Yeah. Yeah. And she is definitely loyal to her best friend, Jess. Like, oh, they're yeah. tight, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah, she's just selective on who she cares about. <laughs> and puts her energy into, I guess. Yeah. You could say. She's guarded, for sure. Yeah. I guess um, that's enough on a show that we aren't going to do a review. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, if you check it out, let us know what you think. Um, I don't think it's new by any means, because my mom's already watched it. And um, I feel like somebody else I mentioned it to has watched it as well. But um, we just caught it, and it's pretty good. Is it new on Netflix? Um, I'm not sure. It just popped up? Yeah, it just popped up. Anyways, if you're looking for something, it's keeping us entertained. We'll let you know how it goes. It's one of those, finish it. I'm bored, I'm going to browse Netflix and just take a flyer. I'm sure you've all done that yeah. before. But we are binging it, so you know yeah. it's a winner when you start binging it. Because... Um, I feel like those are far and few in between these days. Not a lot of new content out as far as TV shows go. Yeah, definitely not. All right, so I guess we'll get into some Big Brother action here. This past week, um, when we left off, um, the HOH comp did not finish on Thursday night, and so it went into Sunday. If you hear some... Background noise, it's just our kitten going crazy over her catnip scratcher, so I apologize if you can hear that. Uh, of course, she was just snoozing for a few hours, and now she's wired as we're doing this show, so bear with us. Um, so the HOH comp, I believe, was the one where they were throwing the ball um, up over the slanted hill, trying to get it to land into the holes in the middle or whatever. And when we left off on Thursday, Kazar had completed one round, and they had to go through a few a few rounds. So we were um, a little hopeful, I think, that he could win. When we left off, I, I remember last episode, I let everyone know that I'm definitely pulling for Kazar yeah. in general yeah. as a... So, um, unfortunately, Kazar did not win that comp, and Enzo won the comp. Um, so, um, Enzo won HOH, and he ended up um, putting the noms up on Sunday, and his nom was Kazar and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, who is not, um, who has seen the the nomination chair already this season. Yeah, he's this the only the person to be on twice. Yeah. Um, so he was a little stressed out about that. Kevin was. Um, what do you think about Enzo's selections? Um, I thought they were easy. I don't really know why he put Kevin up at all. I think that was just kind of like a. That was just a pawn. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was probably most. That was pretty much the first pawn. I guess, yeah. Because I think all the other weeks they didn't really care. It could be well, anybody. I don't. I mean. Oh, I see what you're saying. This I was, was like, Kevin went up before, and that was kind of like a week. But it was just a week. Nah, yeah. wasn't it, Kevin and Nicole? Yeah. So I don't know if they really cared one way or the other. It was weak noms in general. Yeah. This is the first week where someone strong definitely went against someone weak. Yeah, where they had a, a plan to 
to kick somebody out and they were just putting yeah. somebody else up. Yeah. So, um, Kazar obviously knew that that was probably coming. If he didn't win, he really didn't have very many chances, unfortunately. So it was really important for him to go strong in the power of veto and try to win that, to take himself off, to stay in the house. Um, one thing that uh, Enzo said during his speech was that he didn't speak any game to him. Um, so this week, one thing that I noticed was, well, Ian actually came out and said it in one of the episodes. He said... Um, Enzo mentioned that Kazar didn't speak game, so uh, if game's what he wants, I'm going to go speak game to him. So he went upstairs to the HOH room and started speaking game to Enzo, and Enzo <laughs> was not fooled by it at all and was like, dude, you haven't spoken to me all, you know, the whole time we've been here and now that I've got power. He but basically... I, but I will say Enzo did have the hard... Not the hard decision, but it's always a little difficult on the heartstrings when you actually like the person. Like Enzo did mention, like, I really like Kazar. I wish that he wanted to talk to me way earlier. Yeah, I guess. Now it's I fake. I don't and really think that Enzo had any, like, emotion towards putting Kazar out. And I also mentioned this before, and I still think it's weird, though. Why? In years past, we've seen the OGs click, and I don't get why this year Memphis and Enzo and Kevin all kind of, like, Remove themselves from Keisha, Janelle, and Kazer. Mm, yeah, I don't, it's so odd to me because because they know that they're the sitting ducks. All the youngins fear them. They're the they're yeah, the OGs. Definitely. If they all banded but together, the other thing that was the problem, you were commenting how Janelle didn't win a comp. Kazer was getting close, but still hadn't won a comp. We have to think like these guys are in their forties, and the other kids are young. Like. They were untouchable when they were their age, and now they're like old, kind of out of shape. You know, definitely not the same. The only one that's in shape is Memphis. Yeah, and they're like married with kids and exhausted, and we get that. Danny, too. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I feel like, well, Danny wasn't that long ago, but Danny's been around, Danny, and she's in really good shape, oh, is what I'm saying for her age. But Danny's, I mean, Danny's actually really old. She's had some older episodes right so um but still for some reason she clicked but she came in really young i think um maybe younger than some of the others and not quite as old episodes she kind of had the easy in because she's the daughter of evil dick um so i think that she clicked with the younger housemates also her and nicole were good friends so that kind of brought her outside of the house i mentioned yeah yeah so that helped her out. How Memphis got in with the young guys, I don't really know. Besides the fact that he's like, maybe he's a bro. has the muscles. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that the people that were untouchable, I think it's really just has to do with their age and stuff. They just kind of aren't as in shape as the young guys, you know? Danny's it, 30. It kind of is a young person show, really. Danny's 34. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but how old is Cody? Nicole's like in her 20s. They're all in their 20s. Yeah. Danny's definitely, yeah. I mean, she's in her 30s. And then I think, well, we mentioned Kazar and Janelle both turned 40. Mm-hmm. And Memphis oh, yeah, has to be right around their age. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just hard for them to probably keep up with some of the younger kids. I can totally imagine. Well, I and mean, like Danny, even Danny said, she's not good at any comps. Oh, yeah. She admits she's not yeah. good at comps. 
I don't know if she was before. I don't recall her. I can't remember either, to be honest. Um, so the Power of Veto comp was um, this endurance comp where they, it was called like a puppeteer thing where they had to hang from strings to look like puppets and then they would move the strings um, so that way their extremities were like kind of pulled in different directions. Um, they had, so it was Kazar, Kevin, Enzo obviously were defaulted to play. And then Bailey was picked, David was picked, and Tyler. And it was Tyler's fourth week playing for the Power of Veto. He's been picked four weeks in a row. So he was picked again. Um, and I believe Kazar was the first one down, unfortunately. Just too tough for him. He's one of the heavier guys probably up there. So always with the endurance comps, the heavier housemates or the more muscular ones have a harder time that we've noticed because their own body weight is harder to yeah, keep up. I always feel like it's either a girl or a smaller man. Yeah, Whether it's a, a short, some, like, um, oh, I'm going to forget his name. The short uh, Asian guy was really good, oh, like, gosh. seasons ago. Yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. He'd like to jump out and scare people. Yeah. That was his thing. Oh, I'm sure you guys that are BB diehards will... Yeah. I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. Yeah. But um, he was always good at endurance mm -hmm. comps, but he's short. You know who else was really good, surprisingly? Um, the guy, Mickey, from last year. He wasn't small, but he just had that mental focus... Where he could literally power through anything. That's that why he won insane. all those comps. He was just mentally more focused yeah. on everybody, always. Uh-huh. He had, like, the athlete. I would here. love to see him versus Victor if Victor ever came back. Because yeah. Victor's one of the better competitors, if not yeah, the best. Be cool. Um, I don't... It doesn't seem like there's one person kind of winning all right now, you know? Like no, it's not, it's not like that. Dispersed. Yeah, it's not like Mickey and what was her name last year? Holly. Holly. Yeah. They kept winning. Yeah, back and back. back oh my gosh, back. that was crazy. Yeah. You have Christmas who's won a few, which doesn't surprise me. She, yeah. If you see her, she's built like an athlete. Yeah. She definitely um, yeah. works out or does something. So, Kevin, surprisingly, so it was Kevin and David that were left um, up there to battle it out. And prior to doing the power veto, Kevin talked to David if he got house guest choice, which he did get. Um, and he chose David if David would play for him and help save him off the block. And David agreed and said, yeah, I'm ready to um, kind of shake up the house and stir things up by winning and taking Kevin off, which I just thought was funny because... Kevin's not the target Kayser is, so taking him off the block to me like wasn't going to stir anything up, but it's funny that that was his Actually, big power move. It would have just made a bigger target on David. Yeah. Like, David, you're such a, a jerk and a dork. Get out of here. Yeah. So, just kind of made me laugh. Um, but David did not throw it to Kevin. He made him play for it and actually beat him if he wanted it, and Kevin did, and he won, which it's always good to see somebody that's on the block win. Um, the power to take themselves off and save themselves for the week. So um, a few possible replacement noms were Danny, who is in their alliance, so that would have been a big move. But some trouble was stirred, that's why Danny, right? Yeah, everybody's noticed that Danny's kind of going around talking to everybody, putting some seeds in. Enzo referred to her as the gardener. Um, planting seeds and watering them all around the house, basically. But that's her game because 
she's kind of admitted as much because of what I just said earlier. Yeah. She knows she's not a comp beast. Yeah. She's not going to win comp- competitions, so she has to be the best I know, to win. She believes she has to have the best social game, and she's right. I know, but when you're doing, when you're noticeably, this is been this has happened in seasons past when you are talking to too many people and and trying to twist things up too many ways you're going to get noticed and you're going to get booted the and first, it's not going to help you out the first season i remember her in she was in an all-star season and she won hoh early remember all, all she did a huge move right out the gate and it burned her later because she took like the head of somebody of like the other alliance out yeah. right away so next week she wasn't able She's to go for hoh very... And the other alliance got got it. So what do you think happens? She's just a very strong out the gate player, and I think she tried to be a little less, especially in the comp department. Maybe I think she tried to be a little less. You know, she said she was going to try this year. a little bit, but her mouth is going to get her in trouble. It's already proving to be a problem. So, um, and then the other person that they were considering was. Day? It might have been Javon. Gosh, I'm Those are away. some names that have been floating around lately. Yeah. Um, so, who they ended up putting up, or Enzo ended up putting up Christmas, which is his own alliance member, but she volunteered to go up, and that was the easy way out. And he, he made a comment that he wasn't going to take the easy way out, and he wanted to play on his HOH, but he ended up taking the easy way out. <laughs> no surprise. I'm sure his little alliance there talked him into it. Yeah. So, um, Christmas went up in replacement of Kevin, and so then it was Kingsar and Christmas up on the block, and Christmas was pretty comfortable knowing that she said she was 99.5% sure that Kazar was going home and not her. Mm-hmm. Which is good, but you just never know, even just that 0.5%. So then um, Thursday was the live eviction, and they revealed three new powers. Well, they didn't reveal them. They just mentioned that there's going to be a BB basement, and that's going to have three powers that everybody's going to be able to play for. Um, and we're going to learn more about that next week, it sounds like. So can't wait to see what the new powers are and who could possibly get them. Um, in the past, these powers usually have something to do with taking over HOH picks or saving people from the block or things like that. So we'll find out, I guess, what those powers are. Do we, did you say how many there are? Do you know how three. many? There's three. Three new powers in the BB basement, and it's played all in the dark. So I always like watching those games where they play in the pitch black. They're normally funny. <laughs> People are usually running into each other. Um, and then again on Thursday, Danny became another big target. Um, she was going around saying something, and Enzo caught wind of it, and Tyler. Oh, I can't remember what she was saying. Um. But Tyler, Enzo, and Cody decided to do a three-person guys' alliance. And um, Cody came clean to Enzo about his slick six alliance that Enzo is not a part of because he wanted to be have, like, a good, legit game with Enzo. And Enzo was like, yeah, dude, whatever. Like, I'm in three alliances, too. Who cares? 
Um, I was watching the live feeds, and Enzo was saying how he is just so over being HOH and so over everybody wanting to come and talk to him and coming into his room, and he's just, like, so sick of the small talk. Enzo doesn't seem like a small talk type of guy. No. He also doesn't like fake. He's very real, and um, I think that's probably what makes I think that's the main more, thing. Is that people are fake coming up there talking game, and he's like, yo, I haven't, you know. I think that's uh, to Enzo's benefit in the end if he makes it that far. I think he'll be able to say, like, in his finale speech, I never lied or, or led you guys into mistrust, because Enzo's pretty straight up. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you ask him a question, he's going to tell you. Definitely. Like, sure. yeah, I did that, or no, I didn't do that. Yeah. And it's probably not going to be BS. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, also, it was revealed that Ian has been trying to piece together the things going on in the house and figuring out the alliances. So Ian and um, I think it was David, maybe, were sitting together talking about different alliances and then Bailey came over at one point and he, he was telling her his theory and then Ian decided it might be best to have the house blown up and have somebody spill you know these rumors or whatever his theory is I guess so he approaches Kazar who's on his way out the door um with very little chance of actually staying, so his game won't be ruined because he's leaving. Um, and Kazar decides to bring it up during his live eviction um, speech. So he talks about how Cody and Nicole are running the house, and that there's a larger alliance with um, Cody, Enzo, Tyler and David, that that's the guys' alliance that's supposed to be running the house, which is funny because David is definitely not working with them. No, but to be fair, I mean, it's it's easy for us to see because we're on the outside looking in. A lot of his assumptions or Ian's assumptions aren't that far off. No, definitely not. Obviously, this alliance isn't being too inconspicuous. There's just too much going on. Like, too many people are in different, like, Groups. It's just kind of. I do some following the duos because that's really what's going to be just, the end to game. Well, I'm also shocked because I'm having a hard time figuring out which, um, which like ride or dies are actually like legit and which ones are just like smoke. Oh, I think there's three real ones. So, what ones do you think? I I think Bailey and Devon are real. Okay. Yeah. I think Enzo and Cody are real, and I think Tyler and Christmas are real. So, but then Cody also has like a final two with Nicole, I don't and know. Nicole has a final two with Danny. Oh, that one's real too. Nicole and, and Danny's real too. And like Tyler. That's why I said I'm following the duos because I think those ones. are Memphis real. has a final two, I think, with Cody. Like that's Christmas what I mean. like, has two. Of, Christmas has two of them, which is Tyler and herself and Enzo and herself. And I believe the Tyler one's more real, but. Because I really believe if it came down to it... I don't know if it's real Tyler's end. It might be real on Christmas's end. I don't... I can't see who Tyler really... You think that if it comes down to, like, Enzo and Cody and Tyler and Christmas, he's going to go with Christmas and not the guys? Yeah. Because he can beat them. Or beat her. I don't in know. the finale. I, just, I, just, I find it hard. 
I'm finding it hard to see the loyalty. Maybe they're just not showing it to us enough, but I'm having a hard time seeing. Usually when it's a final, you know, two deal, you see a lot more like chit chat between people and I'm not seeing that, you know, build up, but it could be just what they're showing us on film versus what's really happening. You don't think Danny and Nicole are for real? I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. They're really good friends outside the house. Yeah. I would think they aren't going to The more I'm learning about other. them, yes. I would say that they could and, be for real. Yeah, and I just think they're going to... I think they'll stay together. They tell each other stuff. Um, and then Kayser also said that Cody, Nicole, and Danny were the trio running the house. So basically he was saying that Cody has his foot in with every little thing, and he's the real puppet master running the show, and that Cody should be... Um, a threat to the house. He and Tyler, that's 100% accurate. If yeah. he threw both their names in there, that's 100% accurate. He threw Tyler in just the one time, but yeah. Cody's the one that he was really highlighting. Yeah. I think that's because that's... Cody what, and Nicole, kind of, because Nicole was kind of... I think that's because he believes that... Uh, I Because I think Ian believes that it's really Cody behind everything. Yeah. But I, uh, the truth is Tyler and Cody seem to be the two. It's funny because in that speech, they made it seem like Nicole was a really big threat, and from what they've shown us anyways, it doesn't seem like she has a lot of say in everything that's happening. It seems like it's more the guys running it. It doesn't seem and like many... it's just interesting. We must not be seeing what's really going on because a lot of people feel threatened by Nicole. It doesn't seem like a lot of people are going after her yet. It could just be that she's a winner, and that's why people are feeling threatened by her. I'm not sure. Maybe Ian was trying to get her name out there in the dirt because they're both winners, and he wants to... Hide out while she gets... sneaky. He's similar to Danny as far as planting little seeds and doing little things. Um, I don't think he's this, no. But they're not gossipy. They're always real. Yeah, but I don't... Ian is more one to sit back and observe and watch. Yeah, but he planted the little thing like Christmas, like, hey, if you could, could you save me? Like, just before, and it was like the right time. Planted it with Kazar at the right time. Blow yeah, up the game because he's smart about it. Like he knows when it's good to do it. Yeah, where Danny's just literally sprinkling seeds right. throughout the entire house. Through all week long that. being messy. Yeah, that yeah. I can see. But he's I'm just saying that they're not the same because Because he's not messy. He's actually good about it. Yeah, he's doing it um I'm just saying it's a sneaky trait that Ian has as a player that gets he's overlooked. He's being strategic about it. Yeah. She's just being kind of He's another one that's not going to go out and win a lot of comps. He knows his best bet is mental. Well, comps. actually, Enzo said that um, Ian's previous season, um, he started winning. He won like like week eight, nine. Like he just he won a ton of t- uh, stuff at the end of okay. the season. Mm-hmm. And so Enzo is basically saying you need to watch out for him because this is his plan. He lays low, and then when he needs to actually play, he can actually win some stuff. He did do that his season. Yeah. Similar to... Um, and I don't think that that was just luck. I think that was partly him not trying versus him trying harder. Mm-hmm. That's similar to a past winner that you that I had forgotten about that reminded me, Andy, though. Um, Andy yeah. didn't win a lot. And then all of a sudden, at the yeah. very end, yeah. started winning a whole bunch of comps. And it was weird because it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that happen actually a few times. Like Nicole um, last year, the redhead Nicole... She mm-hmm. didn't do a lot in the beginning of the season, and then at the end, she started winning a bunch of stuff. And I don't know if it's because there's less people, so you have a better chance of winning, or what. I'm sure that's part of it, yeah. but I'm also certain that by then, 
you have a better understanding of the house and the strategy and everything. Yeah, I, was just gonna say I think it throws a lot of people to... off early on. Yeah, all Cause... the games and stuff. Mm-hmm. You start getting used to some of the stuff, getting game mode a little bit more. And especially the people that are physical, like those physical comps early on, those people are, are going to be prepared for, whereas you might have to get used to the physicality of what they're going to be yeah. as the season yeah. goes. Yeah, and you start to learn your own competition yeah. too. Yeah, I get it. Um, so... The HOH comp... Oh, so Kayser was evicted. <laughs> Long um, story short. Yeah, Kayser was out of the house. Christmas stayed. Um, Kayser was shocked that Memphis was with, working with the other side of the house. Um, Do you but, remember our first episode and who we picked as our three? Mm. You, you picked three people that you thought could win, and then I picked three people that I thought could win. Are your three people all gone? They're all alive. That's why I was asking are yours. Oh. But I think you picked Janelle. Um, it was one of your three. Yeah, I mean, I, can, I can't remember. Nicole, was it Nicole, Tyler, and Janelle that I picked? I yeah, I believe so. And I picked Tyler, Cody, and um, Christmas. What are you trying to say? Well, I'm just saying I'm doing better right now. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, neither of us are doing too well because... The uh, BB pool that we do with our friend, we both were, oh, yeah, we're out. out. <laughs> we're out on that, but I don't, lost have, our money but I don't have say. On this one, I actually got to pick who I wanted. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Kayser was evicted, and the new HOH comp was um, they had to battle off against each other and buzz in with the answer for more exact or less based on the pictures in front of them and what the question Julie was asking them. And then the winner got to pick the next couple to battle off, and the loser was kicked out, like, you know, done with the game. So there, I can't remember who started it. It may have been Danny. Um, Danny was picked early on, and she won, and she picked Bay and Day to go up against each other. And they're supposed to be in a slick six together. So, right there, that's just kind of like drawing the line um, when you're putting them to, you know, against each other. So, that um, may cause a lot of drama that we'll see. Definitely. I'm interested to see how that goes. And then from there on out, it just seemed like everybody was kind of pitting each other against each other. (laughs) Careful doing that stuff with Day because even though Day doesn't win comps, she's extremely. She, she has good intu- intuition, but more she's perceptive to like things. Yeah. Like, uh, my the thing I'm most impressed about Devon game throughout the years that we've seen her is she always seems to know what's going on in the house, and that's such a hard trait to have when you're in there. Easy mm-hmm. for us to see, yeah. but when it's in there and she can say, "Oh, I noticed this person talking to this person kind of off in the corner." They're probably working together. Yeah. And we all know, oh my God, yeah, they are, because we see the edits. And I think that she part always of her, catches little things like that. Part of her problem in the past, um, which I feel like is more Bailey's problem right now, is that she's too outspoken and calls people out, and nobody wants to have somebody that's going to call them out, then you're becoming an automatic threat and they want to get rid of you. So you kind of have to like take that information and just sit quietly with it and figure it out, you mm-hmm. know, in your own space. I think it was her last season that we saw her. 
birthday, like when she was evicted, they asked her this question about like, do you know what the alliance is? Do you oh, know, like, yeah. And she rattled it off every single name, yeah. like perfect. And Julia was like, wow, so you know what's going on? And Dave's like, yeah, but there was nothing I could do about it. Know, like when, it once they gun for you and... Yeah, if you're not on the inside, you're not on the inside. And like you just said, once you know everything, you become the enemy. Right. Like they, like yeah. she's so good at figuring it out. They are like, okay, she knows now. Get her she's out. She's got to go. Yeah. yeah. Cause I don't want them to blow yeah. up her game. And if you're not in, you're not in. That's just yeah. the thing. So but I, I've noticed days already have, has pretty much done that. And I think now, like you're saying with some of the moves, I think she's going to get a real whiff of where her and Bailey really are. Yeah. Um, so Devon actually made it to the end of the HOH. It was Devon and Christmas battling off together. And Christmas had only played two rounds. This was her second round. And Devon buzzed in first, but her answer was wrong. So Christmas automatically won. Like it wasn't kind of like a, you have to get it right to win. It's by default pretty mm -hmm. much. Like if the person's wrong, then you win. So Christmas won, which she was excited about because she has a little baby that she's been wanting to see pictures of and getting a lot of. I hate wins by default. I know. I kind of do too. If you look at the game and how it was played out, Devon definitely deserved it. But she actually went up to Christmas and congratulated her. Christmas was like, no, like you deserved it. And she's like, oh, no, girl, you won. You deserve it. You know, she was definitely a good player about it and everything. But I think we all know who deserved to win that. Yeah. It's just like today. And to be honest, I was cheering for the other, somebody else to win that's not in that main alliance. And I don't feel like Davon and Bailey are in the main alliance. So I just, I, I enjoy it more when the show flips back and forth between, you know, power. And it seems to be running all on the same side of the house right now. <laughs> what yeah. were you going to say today? Oh, today the, that's similar because I just said I don't like default wins. The number one tennis player in the world. Mm hmm hit the ball like to get it out of his way like to say like I don't want this ball because the tennis players are throwing the balls from the linesman they feel them out trying to test yeah, the bounce I've seen that. before they serve so he took it and he hit it backwards without looking and it pegged the lineman in the face uh -huh. they just the they deemed that he did that intentionally and they disqualified him from the tournament the number one player in the world oh. Novak Djokovic Golly. that was breaking story like big news today even bigger news this tennis has been going on through COVID. Nobody in tennis has ever even come close to an undefeated season. We're all the way in September and Novak Djokovic hadn't lost. And now he has this loss on his record that is a default. Hmm. And kind of a bummer because I always like being able to say, you know, we were alive for different event, any kind of event. But for me, you know, I like sports. So to yeah. say, I saw that guy go undefeated for a whole year. Like that's, a, that's out the window. Yeah. That stinks. It stinks for him. But that's similar. Like, I would hate to be like Davon, who probably really would have won or deserved to win. Nine times out of ten, she probably would have won in that one time. But the same, it's the same token. I mean, she's one that busted the wrong answers. So. I know. And he's the one that hit the tennis ball <laughs> yeah. without looking behind him. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. But yeah. So to go from being on the block to being head of household, it's always probably a good feeling, I'm sure, in the house. And that's what Christmas did. And we shall see who she'll choose to put up and what she'll do with her powers. Um, I'm not sure who she would really target. Um, it's hard because I think that 
obvious choice should be Ian, but you have mentioned and I have seen that they seem to kind of like each other. They respect each other. Yeah. So I don't know if she'll gun for him. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, Nicole's in her alliance. So. But if I was guessing, I would say, I don't know. Just, I, would, I would honestly say Ian and David. If, if no one had told me anything and I had to guess the two people she'd put up, I yeah. would guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. Not really sure what she'll end up doing, to be honest. Because she has no ties with David, and David's just not a good player. David, yeah, I mean he's. And Ian's the biggest threat outside of the alliance. You know who I hope she puts up? Hmm. Memphis. Oh yeah. <laughs> she seems to kind of like Memphis though. Does she? She doesn't mind him. I don't know. I they were all sitting when she had all the stars. They'd sit at the table and joke. Well, she. would Kind of be funny, and he'd at least laugh yeah. a little bit. Luckily, we haven't heard from him too much in the past couple Probably weeks. smart on his game <laughs> to lay low. Yeah. But um, I think he's still pretty vocal in the house, even though we're not hearing it. Um, so, I don't know. I guess we'll find out what she does. And what the power does. To be, to be seen. Mm-hmm. TBC, to be continued. Sure. Sure. <laughs> All right, so. As well, promised last week, I said uh, we would be doing a Chadwick Boseman movie. Mm-hmm. And. This was the first one I've ever seen. I've never seen Chadwick, a Chadwick Boseman movie. And I chose, I didn't want to show her the obvious choice in Black Panther because I didn't want to review it for you guys because I'm sure most of you have seen yeah. it. Yeah. So I'll show her that some other time. Yeah. So I went with Marshall because it was one I hadn't seen that I had been wanting to see anyways. Um, it came out in 2017, so it's a little bit older. Yeah. But it's not... I don't even recall hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's why I also wanted to do it because it's not one that gained a lot of buzz, so I wanted to see what it was about. So the cast was Chadwick, obviously, Josh Gad. Oh, which I love Josh Gad, actually. And Kate Hudson and Sterling Brown. I actually like, Oh, wait, I love Sterling Brown. I like all four. Is there one of those that we don't like? I know, you're right, that's true. And then the director is Reginald Hudlin. Um, he's most famous for doing comedies, so I thought this was a interesting. Yeah. This was very dramatic. Yeah, He did House Party, which was like an African-American oh. co- comedy way back. Yeah. And then Boomerang, starring Eddie Murphy. African-American comedy way back, like in the 90s, early 90s. And then all he's done is directed TV ever s- until Marshall. Huh. So it's a weird I break. what to- made him come around to this thing. I don't know. But I'm glad he did. Yeah. So um, so if you aren't good with actor names like me, Sterling Brown is... Um, Randall. Randall from and This, this is, is Us. Yeah. So just... And Josh Gad is we've seen Olaf him. from Frozen. He's starting to do, well, and Sterling Brown is in Frozen 2. Oh, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's the soldier. Matthias. Yeah. That's so funny. You're um, right. They've worked together. I was going to say, Sterling's been in mov- more movies as of late. Yeah, uh, but whenever Corey calls him Sterling, it doesn't even trigger my head. <laughs> like, you have to call him Randall because that's who he is. Okay? Because so. he's... Is he, if I is, call him Randall, that's what I'm talking about. Is it fair to say he's our favorite character in This Is Us? Oh, yeah. Ugh, I don't know if that's fair for me. To say. Stop it. You've said it before. The dad, though. Jack. Jack and Randall are the two best characters. Okay, what about the best, like, living character? <laughs> Rand- Randall. <laughs> okay. 
So the plot of the movie Marshall is a is a based on a true story. It's about Thurgood Marshall. Before I tell you the plot of this movie, I'll mention a few things about Thurgood Marshall. Uh, he was the first African American justice of the Supreme Court. He is the lawyer that won Brown versus the Board of Education, which yeah, which ended segregation in American schools. <clears throat> he graduated from Howard, which I thought was interesting because when we did the Chadwick Boseman thing. Guess who graduated oh, from yeah. Howard? That's cool. So uh, Chadwick definitely had an understanding and a knowledge of Thurgood Marshall, I think, before he ever took the yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, another interesting fact is Thurgood won 29 of his 32 cases that he did across the country before becoming the justice. And then we asked the question, what was the NAACP? I didn't uh, really yeah. know. So I looked it up, and uh, it is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. It was like a, a free lawyer service mm-hmm. that was started to go around. and. Yeah, in the movie they were saying that the goal was to... Um, seek justice for all. What was it? Uh, represent colored people that had been wrongfully Fully accused. accused. Yeah. Right. That he, he obviously didn't want to represent somebody that was... Guilty. He wanted to represent someone that was innocent right. being accused of something. Which actually leads right into my little plot summary, which is Thurgood Marshall, the lawyer who travels across the country defending what he believes to be innocent African Americans of heinous crimes, usually rape, murder, mm-hmm. tends to be what he's trying to help yeah. uh, acquit. Um, and then he comes across a chauffeur by the name of Joseph Spell, which is played by Sterling Brown's character. Um, Joseph is being accused of raping a white socialite in Connecticut, which is who's played Kate by Hudson. Kate Hudson. And he is unable to be the lead counsel due to the judge's ruling in He's Connecticut. an out-of-state counsel, and yeah. the judge um, He doesn't deem it necessary. Not, yeah. He says that a local, judge, uh, a local lawyer will be just fine. Yeah. So that is where uh, Sam Friedman, which is played by uh, Josh Gad, mm-hmm. comes into play. He's picked up by the NCAAP to help uh help be the lead or to be the lead and assist marshall in their crusade for uh, justice for joseph mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the plot anything you want to add to it um was it a good twist there was a twist in the movie i don't want to spoil it um uh kind of like figuring out was uh randall lying or not uh, lying uh was the I mean, I, w- I wouldn't really call it a twist. I don't you think didn't it care was... one way or the other? No, I'm not saying I didn't care. I'm just saying I don't think it was... Um, like, to me, it wasn't... Like, it didn't take me by surprise, I guess. You know, we kind of... Going into it, we assumed that he was innocent and that he didn't actually do the crime he was convicted of because that's kind of the whole storyline, right? So the fact that there was, like, another story as to what really happened didn't throw me off by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was actually going to say was, um, gosh, I was going to talk about something, one of the facts that you said. Oh, the graduate from Howard. So in the story, the actor was saying that he went to Howard because the school he wanted to go to wouldn't let him in for law. Right. So he went to Howard because that was the only school that would accept him, um, mostly because of his skin color, right? I yeah, think Howard's at that an time, all black school still. Um, well, the other school wouldn't let him in because of the time yeah. period. 
And because this was still a time period, like Corey said, where all the segregation was still going on because in his career, he later ended the segregation in school systems. So um, he said that after he graduated Howard, his first thing he did was sue that school, <laughs> which I thought was yeah. fun. Well, he graduated. I wonder if that's true. Is that he graduated. Well, he graduated to Howard and then went to the University of Maryland. Is that the school? To that get Lord his. So he graduated from Howard with his four. He went to Maryland to get his, uh, what do you call it when you get your law degree? Like to p- pass his bars. Yeah. And then he said immediately when he passed his bars, he sued them. Yeah. So he sued the University of Maryland. But yeah, that story's still true. Yes. So yeah. that was and he goes, and you did? He goes, you bet. <laughs> when <laughs> he was telling Jessica his character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, I just thought that was And funny. he won. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this movie, um, what's the time frame that it took place in? Did you get the year on there? I'm not good with history by any means. I thought it was the late 50s, early 60s. Maybe. I literally have no idea on time frame with history and what happened when. But um, it was definitely taking place, you know, in an older um, time. And I had a harder time getting into it in the beginning, not getting it's a, I have a hard time following it, I guess, because the time frame's different, and you kind of have to like adjust your mind to um, how they're talking and how things are moving and what's kind of going on in the society in the background. And do excuse you know, me, it was in the forties. Yeah. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So I have a hard time like setting my mind into like that time frame. Um, and there was a lot of characters, I feel like, initially being brought in. Just a lot of, like, hustle and bustle. And I just had a hard time. Maybe I was <laughs> tired or something going into it. Or the kid, we, our kids were up and down kind of in the beginning a little bit. So maybe I was just too distracted. But I had a harder time um, focusing on what, you know, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought one interesting thing was that they showed Thurgood Marshall was definitely in like the who's who of the African-American community. Like they showed him at one point eating at a table at a bar or something or a restaurant with Langston Hughes, which is like one of the most renowned, highly respected poets of that time for Mm -hmm. sure. And of all time actually. So I didn't know like you learn about Langston Hughes in school and you learn about some other people like that, but I don't remember learning about Thurgood Marshall. I don't remember learning about Langston Hughes, no. to be honest. Maybe, maybe as an English major, I had to. <laughs> Must be, because I have no idea who this guy is. And I guess unless you were a law major, you probably you wouldn't really learn about right. Thurgood. Yeah. But anyways, that was interesting to me. Yeah. And um, coming in from out of state to the local, you know, court that this place was this, um, in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. He was from New York and meeting Josh Gad, who they showed him with his case and he actually did really well on his case. He doesn't do criminal though. Um, but he won and did well and was kind of praised in his own little, um, state and then having Chadwick's character come in He's like this big hotshot. He's very cocky. He basically oh, that's the little run-in that he has with Langston, right? Don't doesn't Langston take a shot? Is you have enough ego for all of us? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Um, but he basically looks at Josh as like his assistant, kind of, and not an equal. When really they're basically equal. 
um, in, you know, their careers, I would say. Just Well, Marshall's been all the way up to uh, going to the Supreme Court. And Sam Friedman's more of a local lawyer. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, they... The talent levels are not that far off. I'm just saying they have the same role. Like, they're both lawyers at the same level. Like, one's not a judge, one's, you know, they're at the same level. They're parallel. So, um, it's just interesting that he came in like a hot shot. And it's an interesting, it's a different take on a lawyer movie because very rarely have I seen the African American lawyer being the one that's kind of coaching the white right. lawyer. I don't know if I've ever seen that in a movie, and I thought that was interesting. And then when you learn in the end of the movie that that like that was true, yeah. that's pretty much how it went, um, and that catapulted Sam Friedman's career too as a lawyer. This case did. Yeah, I imagine, because yeah. he ended up basically having to take on the case since the judge wouldn't let um, Chadwick's role speak in the courtroom, pretty much. It was a case um, he didn't even want. The other guy had to take it on, because yeah. was It was a case else. Sam didn't want. They didn't, he didn't think they could win, and he wasn't even sure that he believed Joseph's story. Yeah, and he wasn't a crime lawyer, either, yeah. or a criminal lawyer, so yeah. he wasn't his forte by any means. Um so Josh Gad usually has a really funny role, and I honestly like maybe one or two times did he actually make me laugh. Like he didn't even have usually even in a more serious movie, he still has that like funny. There wasn't many lines for any actor that was funny in yeah. this movie. This was pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, but if anybody, I mean, uh, Chadwick there uh, with Thurgood's character, there might have been uh, like a couple sarcastic. I think he was funnier, funny. to be honest, than and Josh Gad. Josh Gad may have had like two lines yeah. that were funny. But. There was one time where he had me laughing pretty good. I can't remember what it was. Josh Gad's. I don't know. I know his wife made me laugh when he tried to go to the door with a little knife and his wife handed him the picture. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um, But yeah, overall, what did you think? Um, I liked it. I actually liked it quite a bit. Um, Positives would be the acting. Yeah, everyone did a definitely. Kate Hudson did a good well, job. They have an A plus cast. Uh, yeah, A plus cast. Everyone's good. The guy who plays plays the judge, I should know, and he did great at being. A, he was really <laughs> yeah, good at it, yeah. and I've seen him in lots of movies, and he's a really good actor too. Um, so, everyone did a good job with acting. The plot was good. Um, it was all delivered well. Mm-hmm. My main problem with the movie and it could be because of interruptions but it's still i don't know if it needed to be two hours long yeah it does drag a little bit in the beginning like once the trial like hits uh, maybe just because i'm like kind of into trials yeah. like i was into that part but a lot of the in-between stuff i was just like eh. yeah the beginning like i said the beginning was really kind of confusing for me like it, and it, it like it could have been the fact that we had to keep pausing it i don't know but I just had a hard time following, you know, what was happening. I kept saying, like, what is he doing? Where is he going? Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until we kind of established the characters and their roles that I started being able to sort of focus on them a little bit more. Yeah. So I guess this is the big question for you. This is your first Chadwick movie. What do you think of him as an actor? Oh, I thought he was phenomenal. You thought he was good? Yeah, definitely. Liked him? Yep. Um, Shocked that I haven't seen any anything else that he's been in. To be honest. Well, like we mentioned, he does a lot of, besides Black Panther, a lot of biopics. And they aren't yeah, movies that true. we normally watch. No, you're right. 
so. Not usually our first picks, but whenever we watch them, we enjoy them. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah. You just have to find the time to sit down and watch them. And you do, because they tend to be long, because you got to tell someone's life story. Yeah. So it's going to be a long movie. Oh, I thought it was interesting, now that you mentioned his facts, his actual facts of Thurgood Marshall, I wonder why they chose to do, like, this may not even have been one of his actual cases. For all we know, this could be a very fictional case. No, this case. was this was, this was an actual case. This was real, and in the at the end of the movie, they wrote that the reason they did this case for the movie is because this is the one that like catapulted him to superstardom. Like he was a big lawyer, but this one like was the one because it was all in the paper for whatever reason. I'm assuming because of the interracial relationship and the fact that it was with a higher. Maybe. The family. But the thing is, it, it, I'm surprised, well, I mean, I guess, I was surprised that it would pull on his name because he didn't actually, mm-hmm. it wasn't his case to win. It was yeah, um, Sam Friedman's. Yeah, it was yeah. his case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just saying, I'm surprised that when we found out he was the one that won the Brown versus Board of Education, I'm surprised they didn't choose to do that storyline. That, of course, is the main, yeah. his main case. Yeah. yeah. So it's always interesting when they choose to do the smaller one um, when people have like bigger, you know, claim to fame mm-hmm. attached to their name. And I thought too for um, Chadwick being like such a renowned dramatic actor, I will say I was impressed like all the scenes with him and Josh Gad. I felt like Josh Gad totally held his own. Oh, like yeah. in every scene, like I don't think he was out acting. And I was waiting to like pick up on that because Josh Gad's just a comedic actor to me. But he did such a good job. I was like, wow, they're like, he's holding his own in all these scenes. Like, I think equal. Josh Gad is actually a really good actor. I do too. Like, I think I underestimated his ability. I didn't yeah. know he'd hold the dramatic role so well. Yeah. And he did. I feel like, uh... And, I mean, because Sterling and Kate and Chadwick, I ex- that's all things I expect. Yeah, that's true. I was just going to say, I feel like we've seen Josh more and more in these types of roles and less in, like, the just full-out comedy mm-hmm. role. You know what I mean? I think he's shown it now. I mean, this was 2017. I think over the last three years, he's definitely shown what he's yeah. capable of. Yeah. Um, one thing that was interesting is that Kate Hudson and Sterling Brown, being as big of actor and actress that they are, had very little roles in this movie. Um, Sterling, you hardly even heard from at all. It's even Kate, really, to mm-hmm. be honest. Which was kind of shocking. To And I was kind of looking forward to see a little bit more out of them, knowing that they were in this movie, especially because I don't really see Kate Hudson a lot anymore. Um, in and even in this movie, her scenes were limited. You saw more of Sterling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mostly you saw her on the stand and then just them kind of Flashback. playing the night over yeah. that happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you got to see Sterling's dramatic, like, uh, chops, like, in quite a few scenes. Like, he's crying at one point, telling yeah. a story when they have him on the stand and he has to do his like final like speech that was amazing from him yeah. as an actor. Like there's so many points where I'm like, damn, he is so good. Oh, I love, <laughs> love Randall. What was he in recent? I was, we were coming up with movies, you know what, what he was in. It's not a movie, but that I liked him in a lot was, um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh. He's in the new season there. Remember he's the guy's manager. The singer's right, manager. Right, right, yeah. And he had, I, he had a, kind of a small role in that too, though. But I'm just, we're, he's starting yeah. to pop up in things. Yeah, is we're my seeing point. him a I'm seeing more. him a lot yeah. more. Definitely. And we always enjoy seeing him because he yeah. is one of our favorites. And characters. he actually is in Black Panther. I know you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. A small role, but he's in it. Huh. 
That's interesting. So um, I mentioned what I didn't like was mainly just the length. Um, everything else I really don't have an issue with. I'd like to see some of the bigger actors a little more, but that's yeah. really nitpicking. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what's the grade? I guess we can get right into it. Um, I would probably give it... Oh, that's tough. I would... You gave peanut butter an A, right? I would give it between like a... I guess I would give it an A. I like the overall... Um, uh, the overall like storyline, I guess you could say. You know, the message like, of the movie. That's what I mean, yeah. The overall message of the movie. Um, Especially in these times. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie for us to watch right Definitely. now. Definitely. Just seeing... And just being reminded, I guess, mm -hmm. um, you know, how things were back in the day and even how some of that's carried through to today that we've seen in the mm -hmm. news with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so I thought, seeing, not to cut you off, but I thought one of the most, because you're just making me think of it right now, one of the most powerful scenes in the whole movie was at the very end. Yeah. Uh, you drinking. have Thurgood Marshall sitting after he just won that case, and we know... You know, he's going to go on to do bigger things. He's sitting right at this drinking fountain that says, he's leaning against the wall and it says whites only. And he stares at this black man that's sitting on a bench and he looks right at him, turns, grabs a cup of water, takes it out yeah. of that drinking fountain and drinks right out of the whites only drinking fountain. The old man smiles and he walks out the door. And that to was such, they don't, they don't like say any words. There's no dialogue mm -hmm. to each other, but it was such a powerful, yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes. Just the fact that he, you know, he believed before it was even given to him that he had the same rights mm -hmm. as everybody, which obviously we agree that it should yeah. be that way. Um, so, yeah, just to kind of, you obviously, like, growing up in high school, you kind of talk about it and see all that stuff, but, you know, we don't get reminded of it too often in our adult life, I would say, um, unless we're kind of searching out this history. So it was nice to see that again and... Um, Kind of remind us the the fight that 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 um, community has had and how far they've come and how, how far much, they have to go. Yeah, and how much farther we still have um, and how much they need our support. So yeah, definitely a good message. And I'm right with you. I gave the movie a B. Yeah. For all the positives that I already said. Um, the only reason I wouldn't give it an A is because, like I said, I still. There's still, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, yeah. but it's a really good movie and definitely worth the watch. So, yeah, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. So, I didn't really want to touch on Chadwick. I'm just going to let his legacy yeah. live. So, I didn't pick him as my person to go over. So, I did Kate Hudson, who we both oh, like, okay. especially since we didn't get to see her that much. Okay. I figured I'd do five... Oops, sorry guys, I know that's the paper on the table. Uh, four facts and one lie. Four facts and one lie. Yes. Okay. And I tried to make it, you said last week's was way too easy with Angelina. <laughs> so I upped, I upped it a little bit. Are okay. you ready? Yep. I co-founded the fitness brand Fabletics. Let me go all the way through and then you can just say. Okay. I was just, I just okay. wanted to, I like looking at it while you okay. say it. I am the daughter of Goldie Hawn. Okay. I attended and graduated from the University of Southern California. Okay. I was raised Jewish but practiced Buddhism. Oh, wait. We need to talk on that, too. Okay. I won my first Golden Globe as Penny Lane in Almost Famous. Oh. 
not so easy this week, is it? Well, um, I know she has a fitness brand. I'm pretty sure that's the name of it, Fabletics. Um, that is correct. I know that she is Goldie Hunt's daughter. That is, I tried to give you one easy one. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought the other four weren't necessarily easy. I definitely knew about the athletic line. Okay. Um, I know that she was an almost famous. I'm pretty sure her name was Penny Lane. I just don't know if they won a Golden Globe. I wouldn't change you. I oh, wouldn't do little okay, changes. Okay. The whole thing is real okay. or nothing. Okay. Um, I definitely have no idea where she went to school and graduated, and I also don't know what her religious well, preference is. Well, that's good because the other three are true. These three are true, so it is between the two that you're thinking of. One of those is a lie. Oh, the California and the Buddhism. She either attended and graduated from the University of Southern Cal, which I will say, and I was raised Jewish but practiced Buddhism. If I'm doing religion, then that means she's not religious at all. Because I wouldn't just throw in, oh, I was raised Christian, truly. Like, I'm not going to change just a little detail on you. Yeah. And this is, either she went to college or she didn't. Yeah. So what do you think she did? I'm going to, I could totally see her practicing Buddhism. That's true. She graduated, she went to a prep school, which is like a pre-college, and decided, screw it. I'm going right into acting because yeah. she already was so talented. Everyone was saying because well, of her learning parents. from her parents. <laughs> I mean, she considers... Uh, Who's her dad? It's not Kurt Russell. It's another man, Gary Hudson. But she said that... Oh, but he was her stepdad. But he was her stepdad, and she said her real dad wouldn't know her from a hole in the wall. She totally considers Kurt her, Russell her dad. Her dad. Yeah. But he's not biologically her father. Gotcha. But anyways, being around those two two legends, she had acting chops at seventeen. Yeah, she could do it. Um. So another thing, actually, that the movie touched on, which I'm not, I was gonna ask you your thoughts on this. Josh Gad's character is Jewish, and at one point they show him at his, which he is in real life. Um. Yeah, they show him at his. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Whatever. The synagogue. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um. And they talk about her cousin, and we, we kind of missed the line, but it almost seemed like they're referring to... They're referring to the aunt and something else being taken by the Nazis yeah. and her children, too. Is that, did that, was that happening at the same time frame? Yeah. Um, so why do you think they pulled that piece into the storyline? I don't know. I felt like they wanted us to care about the characters a lot and like their background because really we didn't need to know about Thurgood and like his miscarriages that they've been having. Oh, right. So I just think it added a little depth so we like felt something for these characters. My thought was maybe they were pulling that in because it kind of showed that he maybe understands a little bit what it's like. Yeah, like he understands like because somebody made like a um, a slur about him being Jewish, you know. No, their and, lawyer yeah. did. And to have, like, their family members kind of being taken away from them, kind of like, it just had a way for them to connect on another level, I feel like, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't really show Thurgood knowing any of that about him. So, but maybe it just mm-hmm. kind of brought his empathy out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't look at it that way, but it totally could be. Yeah. Totally looked at it as character development, like because if you just showed them as lawyers and we don't know anything about their families, the question would be, do I care about these characters? And if I don't care about the characters, then the plot line of this movie better be like one of the best plot lines yeah. I've ever seen. Otherwise, I'm not going to care. 
And so I feel like that with every movie. I think there's so many movies where I'm like, oh, it was a good story, but I don't know one thing about these characters and why should I care about this yeah. movie? But you know me, I'm more critical. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out, um, just because I know you always talk about, you know, why did they have this in the movie? Why is the, why, why was this detail important? So when that detail was brought up, I was like, let me pull my yeah. Corey thinking out and think why this detail might be important. One scene that left me, I still am not sure, other than to give us a little background on Thurgood, is that scene. I don't. I brought it up, but I don't particularly like the scene with Langston Hughes. I don't understand its importance at all. Yeah. It really didn't have anything to do with the movie, other than to show us that he was with the up-and-ups in the African-American community in Harlem. Like He yeah. knew what was going on and was high up. Maybe just to show that he was a hot shot. Yeah, that's kind of that. all it, it showed. Was just to give it was him early that, on. To too. give him that step up from the regular, you know, yeah. Joe Schmo. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's all I took it as, but I don't know if I... I got that vibe anyways. Yeah. Like, when he told... Immediately when he told Josh Gad, like, all the lawyering that he's done and that he went to the Supreme Court and already had done a, court, a trial there. Yeah. I knew right away, okay, like, at this point in Thurgood's career... He was already becoming a hotshot, or was one. I didn't need to see him with the, with the who's who. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just trying to give that character a little extra, like boost in yeah. his character development, probably. Yeah. Just to show us that he was kind of like this, you know. Yeah. Fancy guy, where Josh Gad's just this local, low key guy. Yeah. Kind of thing. And they showed both their families, which was interesting. They didn't yeah. have to do that. They yeah. Did. But I liked that part. Yeah. Good movie, well done. Now we gotta figure out what role you're gonna watch next. We have plenty of time off, or I have plenty of time off this week, so we should be able to get one in sooner. My pick. Oh gosh, I better start looking. I have no idea. Um, did we talk? We talked about Mulan coming out last episode. I we think. did. So what I actually heard was, when you pay the thirty dollars, you get to keep it. It's not just a rental. Yours. Yeah, but I also feel like Disney Plus is going to release it at some point. So December it's 4th. silly. Yeah, so it's I already silly. looked it up. It's silly to like purchase it for $30 when you're going to get it free on your Disney Plus. I've been kind membership. of fiending to see it, even though I've read mostly negative reviews. And so I looked up its release date to see how long I had to wait. And when I saw it was December 4th, I was like, honestly, that's not that long. Like, I can wait for Mulan yeah. to come out. Yeah, December I've actually um, seen a couple of mixed reviews as well. Everybody said they took out the music, and anyways, we don't want to get all into it, but <laughs> if you have any good movie suggestions for us, let us know. Also, if you've been enjoying our podcast, I would like to invite you to like and subscribe so you can um, get notices when a new episode is out. Yeah. And... What's, what's our uh, tag? What do you mean? Our Instagram, how do they, what oh, do they like? Um, our ins- well, whatever um, podcast platform you're listening on, they can like and subscribe on that. Like if you listen to Apple, Spotify, you should be able to like and subscribe on the platform. But we do have an Instagram page that we've started, and it's um, the Coco Jojo Show. I think that's what it's called. <laughs> Perfect. So look us up there. We'll be posting, you know, our episodes and what they're about on there. And- Probably random Big Brother and theatrical yeah, stuff that definitely. we find interesting. But we'd love to hear from you, and that'd be a good way for you to connect and tell us, you know, your thoughts on the movies that you 
that we've reviewed, if you've watched them or anything like that. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. I'm thinking a lot of you seem to enjoy our horror cult yeah, episodes. So that's our, our most listened to episodes. So, so I'm thinking we might go back down that road for you guys. Yeah. Soon. If we it's, all if know it's, I love a good horror movie. If it's not this week with uh, Samantha's Choice. Then. Well, we got October coming up. So hello, yeah. we should just for October do all horror cult movies. Yeah, but the, they've seen most of them. So we'll have to do newer ones, which well, yeah. there's always new ones that pop yeah, up. That definitely. Are, Especially in October. We'll see. Yeah. Um, all right, stay tuned. Figure out what we're going to do next. Or watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to review music for them. <laughs> well, that's a whole other <laughs> That's a whole other thing. <laughs> All right. Have a good week, everyone.